man, I already answered that. Shoo. Well, um, so, yeah. Anyways, the Psalms are ancient, <laughs> ancient Hebrew God. poems, songs, and prayers. Let's start over. Carter. Oh um, no. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Shadows of Jesus, where we are coming alongside our Read to the Bible in a Year plan, and we're showing how all of Scripture ultimately points to Jesus. So we're in June, which means we're halfway through, um, and today I'm joined for another, another episode with... Jerrica Moore. I'm back again. Guess adding who's color back. commentary. Back again. <laughs> Movie quotes, <laughs> song quotes. We're ready. That was a layup. Um, so um, what are we going to cover today, Jerrica? Today we're looking at Psalms chapter one and two, and then we'll do an overview of the whole book of Proverbs. Great. So let's, let's jump in to Psalms one and two. How many Psalms are there? There are 150. All right. Um, who do we typically attribute the authorship of Psalms too. David. Right. Like most of the time I think we're like, David probably wrote this, but how many did he actually write? Only 73. Yeah, so almost half. Oh, almost. Almost. So there's a lot of authors as well. All right. So now I've got a question for you. Um, what is a Psalm? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So Psalms are, they're ultimately, they're ancient Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers and they're written from different periods of Israel's history. So you'll actually see a, a psalm from Moses. So we go all the way back to the, like deep in the Old Testament, we'll see them from David, Solomon, and others. Um, but they're gathered by someone and intentionally put together for us kind of like a songbook, but they're actually way more than that because they serve a greater purpose. And so as we look at Psalm 1 and 2, we're going to be able to answer the question of like, hey, how is this different than a songbook? What's the bigger purpose than just providing songs for us to sing or prayers for us to prayer? Is there some type of mm-hmm. particular theme we're getting at? Mm-hmm. Um, so the book of Psalms is broken up into five parts. And so I don't, I don't know what your Bible does. Uh, my, my ESV will say like book one, then you get to book two. And, um, and so book one is pretty much a lot of the David Psalms, a ton of them. But um, book one actually doesn't start in chapter one. It starts like in chapter three. And you might be wondering like, why, why is that? Do you have, you have any guesses? Um, so like when you buy a book, it has like a prelude or a introduction. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what that, I think that's part of it. Yeah. But, so basically the first two Psalms are anonymous. It's like, yeah. we don't know who wrote those, but they're setting up the rest. Then chapter three, it's definitely David. A preface. That's a what preface. I was thinking there of. A prelude. Music. You're a music person. I know. I'm sorry. So, preface. Um, that's a book. Preface. That's a book term, preface. right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to hit the, the anonymous chapters, chapters one and two that introduced to us the five books. So Psalm one, really it's a summary of the whole book. It celebrates how the blessed person um, is who meditates on the Torah, Mm -hmm. prayerfully reading it day and night, obeying it. So how do we live in a way? So I I think blessedness can also mean experiencing God's nearness. Mm -hmm. So the blessed person experiences joy. The blessed person experiences God's nearness. Um, How do we live in a way that we experience that? Yeah. So we can turn to things and then there are things that we can turn from. Yeah, so there's things to turn from, things to turn towards. The The Christian life, this is huge. 
the Christian life isn't just about avoiding sin. Mm-hmm. It's not like just don't do the bad things. Yeah. It's like, no, we're, we're invited into something better pursuing God. Um, but with that being said, like what are some of like in Psalm one, what are some of the do's and what are some of the don'ts? Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't stand in the way of sinners and don't sit with scoffers. But instead we do want to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. Yeah. And so when we're doing the right things, what will we be like? Says a tree planted by streams of water. All right. So uh, this is the beautiful thing because, um, so much of life, the way that we handle it is circumstantial. There's like, if, if seasons are good, we're happy. If seasons are bad, we're not happy, but a synonym for blessed could be joy. And what we see is where happiness is circumstantial, joy surpasses it. And so a tree that's, that's planted by living water or by, by streams of water isn't um, subject to the seasons in the same way that a tree detached from the water is. So that means no matter what the season holds, if it's a rainy season, a dry season, a good season, a bad season, because it's planted by water, it's going to bear fruit no matter what the circumstances it's given. And so the source of, of blessedness or the source of joy, the source of, of experiencing God's nearness, it's not found in the season you're in because some seasons are good, some seasons are bad, but God's with us all the time. So it's found in where your roots are planted. Mm. So this is about planting our roots in God. Um, any other, any other thoughts from chapter one things stood out to you or, um, yeah, when it says to meditate on the law of the Lord night and day, um, it brought me to John 15, um, verses four through eight, when Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. So abide, um, and you will bear fruit. Um, and then it says my true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my father. Yeah. It's a good connecting point. I love that when you kind of see scriptures mm-hmm. cross-referencing or connecting to each other. And for me, one of the big things was delight. So you've got meditate, I'll take delight. Um, when I think about delighting in something, that's a I get to, not a I have to. <laughs> and so I, I think the way we come to God's word and delight in it comes from the way we read it. And so some people read scripture as demands and threats. And it's almost like God's just waiting for us to fail so he can swoop down and punish us. But another way to read scripture is to read it as gospel. And so when you read scripture as gospel, it's more about promises and grace. And so when I read scripture primarily as being about me and what I have to do, um, Mm -hmm. man, there's no delight. But when I read scripture primarily about Jesus and what he's done, then all of a sudden I start to find grace on every page and and everything changes. So I think I want to delight in God's word, but I've got to read it rightly to get there. Mm -hmm. So that leads us to chapter two. All right. So, um, so chapter one, there's kind of this, Hey, don't be overly attracted to the world. Don't, don't stand, walk with sinners, stand, sit, all the progressive stuff there. Like, don't be attracted to this way of life. Be attracted to the godly way of life. Well, chapter two kind of shifts, not from being overly attracted to the world, but being overly threatened by the world. Um, so what's one of the most repeated commands in all of scripture? Don't be afraid. Yeah. Fear not. Um, so lots of things in the world can, can cause us to fear. Yeah. Um, for me, clowns, (laughs) you know, did you see where like, um, politicians in Florida right now are like, no, it's, it's, it's uh, not Florida. Yeah. Don't blame the Floridians. (laughs) Hey, now you'll see why I thought that, um, in Louisiana, um, they're being overran by gators. 
Like, yeah. so one politician was like, look, I was walking out to my car. My neighbor was like, watch out. There's a gator underneath <laughs> it. And um, it's like, so, I mean, if you live in certain parts of the country, gators. Okay. Yep. Um, but I think like on a serious note, like the world wants us to fear, um, you know, violence, loss, whether that's death or like physical, like losing possessions, that kind of stuff. Um yeah, so I think I think there's there's two types of persecution that we see in scripture. There's persecution that's that's physical. Mm-hmm. We will hurt you or we will kill you. And the purpose of the physical persecution is to silence the Christian. Like, hey, we're going to cause physical harm and so therefore you should be silent. Another form of persecution is verbal mm-hmm. and it's it's shame. And so it's like we will shame you so therefore in hopes of you being silent because we want you to be embarrassed to be a Christian. And so the world really wants us to 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 be silent. Mm-hmm. And um and what Psalm two is saying is like, hey, um don't fear the world as it's trying to silence you. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a yeah. good a good point. So verses one and three, um, what do we see here? We see a world that doesn't delight in God's ways, but wants to push against them. Yeah. So instead of like being like, man, I want God, they're like, I think I know better. And so that's, that's what we see from the very beginning of scripture with Adam and Eve. Um, They have this desire to be in control. They don't want God telling them what they can and can't do because they ultimately think they know what's best. It's like, Hey, I think if I was in your seat, I'd do a better job. And, um, and that's what verses one and three are, are reminding us of this attitude of, I think I know it's best for my life. I, mm-hmm. I don't want God to tell me what to do. I think I know a better way. Yeah. Um, people like the idea of God being more like a butler than a king. So what, what's the difference between a butler and a king? Well, not knowing this from experience, obviously. But well, you didn't watch Fresh <laughs> Prince. Jeff, do you know who yeah. Jeff is? Yeah. Uh, um, so butler, they exist to serve you. Um so you tell them what to do and then they do it. But with a king, you exist to serve them. And so they are telling you what to do. Yeah. So um, so people like a God who will just give advice. Um, yeah. It's like, and we can take it or leave it. It's kind of like Alanis Morissette. It might be ironic. It's like some good advice <laughs> that you just wouldn't take. Um, <laughs> a free ride. You've already paid. But um. So like, I love it when God gives me advice, but then I can be the one who's like, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll reject it. But, but God doesn't just give advice. Yeah. He gives commands. And so it's like, well, we don't like a God who gives commands, but if he's King, not a Butler, but a King, then, then he's absolutely in the position mm-hmm. to not just give advice, but to call us to a way of life, to call us to, to follow commands. Yeah. Um, so what we see in those first three verses is that the result of, of rising up against God and his ways, it's ultimately to be um, restless, to, mm-hmm. to, to have unrest. So in verses four through nine, we kind of see this contrast contrast between the restlessness of the world mm-hmm. and just the calmness of God. Like as you read it, you almost kind of see God just sitting back, just so chill. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let me ask you a question. Did you ever wrestle your dad as a kid? Yes. <laughs> all right, so did he ever let you win? Sometimes, um, but I look. I know you don't want to go here. You told me about the red belly. Well, tell tell the, tell tell the listeners what he, what what would happen if your dad would red belly you. So, basically, this is when I was little, and so he would just hold me down and then slap my stomach until <laughs> not, it as, turned, a, not turned, as a teenager. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, he would just slap my belly until it turned red, like really, like smacking. <laughs> 
dragon. <laughs> dragon in my belly. Well, Called it red belly because it turns your belly red. Yeah, so today might be child abuse, but I'm saying it I'm probably out of love. <laughs> a little wrestling. It was the 90s. Back. It was a different time. Yeah, different time back then. <laughs> All right. So so let's say you're wrestling your dad and you're you're five years old. Um, you're young, young enough that that's funny that your dad's slapping your belly. Not weird. Like you're 16. Um, <laughs> was your dad ever like, you might think in your mind, like I'm about to boot my dad. Was yeah, your dad yeah. ever in danger of you actually overthrowing him? Oh, no way. Like he could red belly you anytime yeah. he wanted. Um, so in the same way is God sees the world raging against him. And like, even if the world thinks they've got it all figured out, even if they think they don't need him or that they could somehow beat him, God's like, I could red belly you at any moment. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's not in danger of being overthrown. The world's like a bunch of five-year-olds trying to wrestle their dads. Um, God's in complete control. And so for us, as we're reading these verses, it's like, okay, if, if God is sovereign, if God's in complete control, then that is what enables me to not have to fear the world because I know God's with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so then in verses 10 through 12, um, we kind of see like, a a a total response, a response of the total person, um, to God being in control. So what, what, like, what, what are the type of things that we do that we should do in response to God being in control? Yeah. Um, be wise, serve and rejoice. Yeah. So this is really hitting on the way we think and our actions, um, Mm -hmm. the, the things that we do and our, our emotions. Mm -hmm. So when he says be wise, this is a call to think differently. Yeah. And then, um, when he, he calls us to serve, he's talking about what our actions or the way that we live our lives. And then rejoicing is about our emotions or the feelings that result from right thinking and right doing. Yeah. So, so he's hitting at all those, those heart level, um, spaces but then in verse 12 it it has this phrase where he says what does he tell us to do kiss the sun this made me think of <laughs> little mermaid na, 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 na. just kiss the girl but then you say sun i don't know i haven't seen the new little mermaid it's from the old one i haven't seen the new one either <laughs> um yeah so so sun as in s-o-n s-o-n not, not s-u-n U-N. Um, i was thinking like a king like kissed the ring um oh. like something either way um this really gets down beyond the way we think feel and act it gets down to the to the the deepest part of our hearts um, because it's a picture of total devotion, like kissing the sun is a way of saying, there's nothing I love more than you. Mm. It's saying, look, if all I have is you, then that's, that's more than enough. And so what's the result of this, this total devotion? We find rest or refuge. Yeah. So when you, when you are, when you're totally devoted to God, um, and to Jesus, like that's where you find, you find refuge. So, um, you have a response. You can push against God, which mm-hmm. results in unrest, or you can, you can give yourself to God, which results in rest. rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so life with God is blessed. He's our rest. He's our refuge. Um, in the midst of everything that's wrong in this world, um, life with, without God would be complete chaos, but life with God is is peace. It's, mm-hmm. it's blessed. It's joyful. It's, it's good. All right. And so these two Psalms really kind of set the stage where in chapter one, it's showing us, Hey, there's a way to live choosing to pursue God. And then in chapter two, it shows us we're doing this in a world that's against him. Um, and so as we wait for God to make things right, we still choose to pursue 
a different way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gets us to Proverbs. So we, we, we've got, we covered, that was a long was, section on, good, on Psalms, but good yeah, stuff. Good stuff. Um, did you have anything else on, on Psalm 2 that you wanted to throw in there? No. Any color? You got your songs I, I I got it. Movie, movie <laughs> I feel and like song. I could have done a better job. That was like, I give myself a B plus. You're doing great. All <laughs> right. So as we get into Proverbs, let's just start with defining a couple of terms for, for our reader, for yeah. our listeners. So what's a proverb? All right. So a proverb, a biblical proverb is a briefly stated, time-tested insight into real life. Mm-hmm. So they aren't promises, but wise sayings that are generally true. Yeah. Like, so, so when you think of a, a proverb, like I would say, think of a probability. If you live these proverbs out, it's probable that these outcomes will follow, but they're, they're never guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk had, about your pop? We had uh, proverbs in our family <laughs> too. Uh, my pop had a lot of sayings that we, uh, grew up going to Vero beach and every time we would be leaving their house and walking over, he would tell us kids to grab our lucky ham. He said, don't forget your lucky ham. What's the lucky ham. And so that's the ham that you tie around your ankle when you go and swim in the ocean. So that way, if a shark comes, it gets the ham and you can swim away, <laughs> so, but it's, it's not a promise, <laughs> but a probability. Yeah. So if a shark's there, it's probably going to bite the ham instead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I think about when I was a youth minister, um, before coming to redeemer, like there's so many parents that I know their, their kids would, would walk away from their faith, you know, whether it was in college or in early adulthood, and they would look at Proverbs twenty two six, um, which which says, "Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't turn from it." And so, so I like think about this: like, is it wise to train up your kids in the way they should go? Yes. Um, but is it a guarantee they'll grow up to love the Lord? No. Yeah, it's like so like so we can't hold on to these as promises. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I love that they're they're wise sayings that are generally true. Yeah. Like a ham. Yeah. Around an ankle. You're you're increasing the likelihood that the shark would eat the ham and not you. Yeah. Um, so as you read through <laughs> Proverbs and you know, these things um, are generally true, but not always true. Does Proverbs, this is a question. Mm-hmm. Does Proverbs address any of the exceptions to the rules? Proverbs doesn't, but if you want to get to the exceptions, then you have to look at all of the wisdom literature, which includes Job and Ecclesiastes. Yeah. So they, the, all the books together give you the full yeah, So picture. Proverbs is just giving you the good stuff, yeah. the, the general things that you want. But then if like, you're like, wait, does it always work this way? Cause we read it. We know it's like, this mm-hmm. doesn't always work out. And mm-hmm. it's like, why doesn't he say that? He's like, we got to read the rest of it. Yep. Um, the other, the other books as well. All right. Um, yeah. So question number two for you, what is wisdom? All right, so the the Hebrew word I should have I should have practiced it to get it, so I'm not even gonna try to say it. I, I but don't it's used it it's <laughs> used for skill. It's it's like the priestly garments being skillfully sewn. Like the the people who sewed the the garments, they had wisdom, skill. Mm-hmm. Um, sailors using the stars to navigate the seas, like they they had wisdom, they had skill, and so this word is used for someone that does something extremely well. And so, so one question might be like, what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Yeah. Um, which knowledge is like the mental side. So your intellect, they, um, they would know a lot, but wisdom takes what you know in your head and then you can live it out. So it's applied 
knowledge. Yeah. This makes me think of like all the kids that I went to school with who were like really book smart, but then like just, I don't know. Didn't have street smarts? No, no street smarts. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> makes I, no sense. No common sense. There you go. And that's what that's I what think I'm about my for. kids. Um, like Ruthie is so stinking smart and Bentley's not testing at the same level um, when she was that age. But I'm like, but Bentley's got street smarts. Like she'll survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's smarts. all that matters. Um, yeah. So when, so when we think about um, the goal of the book, when we think about wisdom, it's to give us practical st- skills for living life to the fullest in God's world. Mm. So, so, so these wisdom, like the wisdom we're looking for, it's just, it's practical skills for life. Yeah. Um, and then third question for you, another big theme that we see is the fear of the Lord. What's that? All right. So it's, it's not terror. So not clowns, not clowns because terror <laughs> is negative. Um, read, read Isaiah 11, one through three for me. Yeah. I said earlier that I'm really glad we're not filming this so I can hold my paper up and the microphone's not in the way of <laughs> me reading. Um, okay, so Isaiah 11, 1 through 3 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The so spirit- who, who's this talking about? Who do you think this is talking about? Jesus. All right, so... Shadow. So- Shadow of Jesus. So this is talking about Jesus. All right, keep going. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. All right, stop there. So the spirit, what's that last, the last spirit? Of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Right, now, now round it out. Keep going. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. All right. So, so this is Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, for Jesus is the fear of the Lord psychologically positive or is it psychologically negative it seems positive because it says he delights in it yeah so so when we think about the fear of the lord it's it's not terror it's something that's actually meant to be psychologically positive so i would say that the fear of the lord it's it's revering god it's being in awe of him it's having a, a tender tar, uh, it's having a tender heart towards him instead of a hard heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's kind of this posture of recognizing like he's God, the creator. I'm not, I'm the created. Like he's infinite, I'm finite, he's perfect, I'm not. Um, and because of that, I'm not in the position to define what's right and wrong or good and evil yeah. God is. And therefore I'm going to come underneath him as the as the one who stands the position to determine what's what's good mm-hmm. um so that's that's what it looks like to fear the lord mm-hmm. um so before we jump into the chapters um as we as we read there are going to be three types of people um so who are the who are the wise people those that walk in righteousness and fear of god all right so you got the wise people the next is the fools who are they those who lean on their own understanding don't don't seek God or just blatant, blatantly rebel against him. Yeah. And then there's also this, the simples, the simpletons. The, who, are the, who are the yeah, simple just people? The simple people, simple country folk. These are the people who are easily led astray and don't pay attention to the deeper realities of life. And, and, and obviously we, we know that country folk <laughs> don't fit this category. No. Just as many city folk that are simple as well. Um, but Proverbs they're going to break up into three sections. So Jericho, what are the three sections we'll see? We've got chapters one through nine and then chapters 10 through 29. 
and then chapters 30 and 31. Yeah. So chapters one through nine, these are basically the introductory chapters and it's a father giving advice to his son. So there's 10 different speeches, father to his son. There's also, um, some, some lady wisdom, um, advice. So we have lady wisdom coming in there. Is lady luck in here too? (sighs) Not. (laughs) So, um, so is there, do you have any thoughts on um, why wisdom is personified as a woman? That's great. Um, so I was looking into this and I love like, cause you think about like lady Liberty, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, we love freedom. We like our liberties. And so we would say like freedom is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically we personify things that are beautiful as women. So freedom is beautiful. Therefore we have lady Liberty. Um, wisdom is beautiful. Therefore we personify it as lady wisdom. Um, so that this is showing us that wisdom is meant to be something we should desire something Mm. good, something beautiful, something desirable that we should pursue. Um, so we should desire wisdom question. Does that mean that these proverbs are just kind of good advice that we can take or leave? I think that it's more than just good advice. It's words from God to help us live according to his will. Yeah. So these are, these are words that God's giving us that are shaping like, Hey, here's how I want you to live out Mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so you get through the, the first nine chapters and chapter nine ends up being like a little altar call. You have these two ladies, um, in two houses. Um, who's the first lady? We've got lady wisdom. What's 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 going on at her house? What's her house like at this it, moment? It's like a super fancy party, kind of classy. I mean, you're not finding like red solo cups around, kind of thing. Yeah, she's got the, she's got the china out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe some name plates if she's yeah. from the south. A um, <laughs> couple courses, decaf coffee, and dessert afterwards. Yeah, it's a nice nice party. Um, who's the other lady? We have Lady Folly. All right, and what's her house like? Um, it's like Vegas. What happens there stays there <laughs> a little bit wilder. All right. So it's a wild party there. And so with chapter nine, what we see is, is there's like the main street of life that we're standing on and we've got these two ladies and we have to make a choice. We can choose mm-hmm. wisdom or we can choose folly. Um, and I love this because what it's showing us is that God's not just calling us to avoid sin. Like, Hey, don't, don't do this. He's saying, no, I'm inviting you into something better. And so that's mm-hmm. what lady wisdom house is, is inviting us into something that's way better mm-hmm. than the alternative. And so it's not just avoiding it's, it's coming into something greater. Um, any, any other thoughts on chapters one through nine before we move on? Uh, nope. All right. So the, now we get to the meat. The um, meat. Or the brisket. The brisket. We're, we're barbecue folk here. Um, so so the brisket of Proverbs is <laughs> chapters 10 through 29, where there are hundreds of Proverbs that apply wisdom and the fear of the Lord to, to all kinds of topics. Yep. So um, one of the topics would be like family. And then work. Yeah. Like there's a lot about work, which I think is like, what, what's your proverb on sleep? Oh, um. It's like, don't love sleep yeah, because you're going to end up poor. <laughs> yeah. So basically there's a lot of like, don't be lazy. Yeah. And instead you can work in a way that leaves God glorified, but also leaves you satisfied. Um, we, we see topics of friendship, mm-hmm. money, marriage, and emotions, yeah, parenting. Um, the tongue is a big one. Yeah. A lot on the tongue. Um, and I love this because it shows us that every word from our mouth 
it can either be wise and life giving to the people we are around Mm -hmm. or on the the flip side, it can be foolish and life depleting. So God cares about the way that we speak to each other. Um, Any other topics that Um, that stood out to you or that you're like, that's the theme I keep seeing. I think, I think discipline. Yeah. Discipline was a big one. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, are you a devotional reader? Do you, do you like I, I Jesus used calling? To be, or? But I'm not anymore. I'll just, if I want to study, I'll just read a book of the Bible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wired more that way. I like to just Bible in hand with a journal next to me and writing down. Yeah. But like one of my favorite devotionals that I did give a try, um, stuck it out was, was Tim Keller's, um, God's wisdom for navigating life. Mm. And so what he does is he goes through Proverbs, but instead of just walking through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, he finds all the themes and then he'll have sections of it um, that really just lean into and give you wisdom for different themes of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Never mind. I was going to say something. I'm going to hold it back. Um, All right. So (laughs) taming the tongue. Yeah. Taming. Look at me. Listen (laughs) to Proverbs. So wisdom. Chapter 30. Introduces us to a man named Agar. Say it with <laughs> Agar, confidence, Jeff. Agar. Agar. Um, do you know who this Agar? is? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> know. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah, I can't say his name. Um, so, what, what do we see in this chapter? Uh, he basically starts off by saying, "I'm an idiot." <laughs> He's, he's You're like, an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, he's the least wise person in the world. Um, that's how he feels, and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm, "I'm hopeless." Um, but, but what does he discover? So he says that I'm an idiot. How am I going to discover wisdom? And then he realizes that every word of God proves true, which basically means all the wisdom we need for life has already been laid out for us and given to us in God's word. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Exactly. So this posture, it's kind of the posture we should take as we read the Proverbs. When we open God's word, we shouldn't do it as people who think we've already got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. We should come to it with humility and an openness to say, okay, God, like we haven't got it all figured out, but you do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in your grace, you've revealed to us the way to live that leads to an abundant life. Mm-hmm. And that gets us to chapter 31. Um, the book opens with a dad giving advice and in chapter 31, who gives the advice? The mom. It's a mom mm-hmm. giving advice to her, her son, who's a King. Um, but this is a big chapter for women. Why, why is that? This is where the Proverbs 31 woman comes from. So it's just talking about a woman of noble character. Yeah. Um, so so anything stand out to you about this woman, the woman that fears the Lord? Um, some things that I wrote down was that she works hard. I think it talked a lot about that, just, you know, in providing. Um, she's financially savvy, uh, like buying that field and and working yeah. it. And then two times it says that she's strong. So think she did any powerlifting competitions. <laughs> they probably did like ox lifting yeah. back in the day, you know, something likely. like that. She carried lots of stuff. Strong woman competitions. Um, I, just, I love how she, she carried ta- the groceries in with one trip. <laughs> just That's all, what that all means. Bags in one hand. <laughs> yeah. um, so I love how she takes God's wisdom and just makes it extremely practical in her home at mm-hmm. work in the community, just a, an incredible woman. Yeah. Um, so to, to wrap up the Proverbs, just were there, were like, maybe give me three or four of just some of your favorite Proverbs yeah, that I stood think, out to you. I think uh, one of the ones is Proverbs four, 
Um, 23 says above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Mm -hmm. I'm also reading from the NLT, yeah. uh, my fourth grade reading level Bible. Um, cause I need that to understand a lot of this a little bit better. Um, and then the Psalm or Proverbs 20, 13 was the one about love. Don't love sleep. I need to quit hitting my snooze button in the morning. Um, yeah. so that was, those were, and then, and then iron sharpen iron, iron sharpens iron comes out of Proverbs too. That's a good one. A good one. Yeah. Um, so real quick, Jerica made a, a joke about the, her NLT. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting as, as different Bible translations, people will ask like, Hey, what's the best Bible? And really they're, they're written at different levels of reading. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so like the NLT is written at about the fourth grade reading level. So like, that's a great book. Um, for me, because it reads like the way we talk mm -hmm. and I'm like, this reads like English. Yeah. Um, the NIV is more about the eighth grade level. Um, the ESV, which is what I, what I preach out of is, is more like the 11th grade level. Yeah. But, um, but I think like for, there's different disciplines, there's a discipline of Bible study and there's the discipline of Bible reading, um, that for the discipline of just Bible reading, I think the NLT is one of the best Bibles there is because it just, it, it reads so much better as you're yeah. just reading through scripture. So I've um, had this Bible since it's written in the front since, since 2004 so i was i was 12 all right oh i was above the fourth grade <laughs> um and then it was the reason occasion of getting a new bible <laughs> that's what i wrote down i love it um yes i love some of the, some of the ones that stood out to me um for chapter 4 18 through 19 says but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn mm -hmm. which shines brighter and brighter until full day the way of the wicked is like deep darkness they do not know over what they stumble um i was taken back like 144 was a great one for me there are no yeah. oxen um where there are no oxen the manger is clean but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox and so for me it's like what is a clean manger it's a manger that poop and so it's like look if, you, if you've got no no poop in your manger like you're not doing any work yeah but if you're doing work there's gonna be poop in the manger so i'm like <laughs> so like man if god's called you to do something you're probably gonna have to deal with some stuff that's not gonna be pleasurable yeah but like if you're dealing with stuff that's not pleasurable chances are it's because you're you're actually getting things done that god's called you to get done so that, that's been an encouraging yeah. proverb for me um the other one that i found that was like made me you know, perk up a little bit was in chapter six when in 16, it says there are six things the Lord hates. No, no. Seven things that he detests. Yeah. So the Miley Cyrus song, the seven things I hate about you. These are the seven things that God hates. <laughs> what, what we do. Yeah. They're like the true de <laughs> seven deadly sins. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've get a kick out of 2029. It's like the glory of young men is in their strength, but the splendor of old men is in their gray hair. I'm like, I think I'm getting to the point in life. I've just got to <laughs> start embracing the gray hair coming. It's the um, crown of glory. Yeah. But also I've, I love, I love 2911. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Mm. Um, man, just thinking through like how often we want to just uh, display what we're thinking on social media or to other people. And it's like, what does it look like just mm -hmm. to be like, I don't have to vent everything. I can, I can hold it back. Yeah. So. I think Francis Chan was one, um, a couple of years ago, I heard him say like, be careful who you're listening to just because they're saying something that seems important. doesn't mean that it has any weight behind it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, people putting everything out on social media seems like, Oh, well they really, you know, people of influence, I guess is what he was talking about. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that's what it's like. Chapter seventeen, twenty-eight. 
Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. <laughs> when he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. <laughs> you know, it's, um, Anyways, all right, so let's talk about some of the shadows of Jesus. Um, in Psalm 2, we, we see the Lord's anointed. Do you know what the word anointed also means? can also mean Messiah. Yeah, and so so it's like, and so your Bible most likely has the, the anointed capitalized. Mm-hmm. And so just historically, the original readers would have thought about King David. Like this psalm was written during his coronation. And so as he's becoming king, other kingdoms are going to push against him. Test to test him. They're like, is he a king that will fight back? Is he a king that will roll over? And so for them, they're like, this is a good reminder that that God is with our king. As nations rise up and push against our king, we know that God's with them. But for us, we know that David, the anointed, um, Israel's Messiah at this time, is pointing us to a greater king, Jesus. And as people push back against him, um, we know that that God is in control, that God is with him. So that's a big one for me. Um, I love Psalm 2.9. That one actually took me by surprise, but it talks about clay vessels being broken. Mm. And, um, and so Jesus is the one, if this is an ultimate Jesus, so Jesus is the one breaking the vessel. Do you know, do you know why Kings would break vessels? Uh, it symbolized their enemies. Yeah. So it's like, so like if you're like, it's like if, if I was fighting you, I'd take this yeah. vessel. I'm like, this is you, Jerrica crash. And I'd like, so I'm like, I'm going to break you. Yeah. It's right. like from Rocky. I think it's Rocky four when Ivan Drago is like, I will break you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so and then they would pray to their gods for protection. Um, but Jesus doesn't need to be protected because God's God's with them. Um, and so what's great is that word break can also be translated um, to rule or to shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so basically this verse is giving us a picture of Jesus being both a conquering king who will defeat his enemies, but also being a good shepherd. So there's, there's mm-hmm. dual meaning there. And so that's who Jesus is. Like, so we should respond to him. If, if he's a conquering King, we should give him our allegiance. But if he's also a good shepherd, we give him our allegiance, not because we have to, but because we want to, it's like mm-hmm. that, that delight because he's also, he's also good. Um, then two other shadows, Proverbs eight twenty two through 31. As you're reading that, you're like, is this Jesus? It is. Um, the personified wisdom that created the world is eventually revealed to be Jesus, the word of God with whom God created the world. And I think just all of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll hold that as my concluding thought. Do you have any other, any concluding thoughts before we wrap up? Um, other than the question of, of that I asked was like, who wrote Proverbs or did someone not necessarily write it all, but it's a collection of the wisdom words. That was a thought. Yeah. It seems like this is, this is attributed to Solomon because he's kind of like, what did he do in first Kings three? He asked God for wisdom. wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but it's apparent that, that like there's more Proverbs than, than just what Solomon would have written. So I don't know if Solomon did the collecting or someone else, but, um, but I think everyone would recognize that this wisdom is, is, um, part of kind of like the or attributed to to the wisdom of Solomon mm-hmm. is the kind of like the the godfather of wisdom for Israel I guess you could say yeah um so this is huge for me there's let me ask you a question is if there like, when it comes to worship leaders mm-hmm. are there any worship leaders songwriters musicians that you're like if I could just sit with them for an hour or for a half day like who would you who would you ask or who would you sit with that's a I mean, they're probably two. Yeah. Um, Davy Flowers. 
you're digging her stuff right I, now. I am a Davy Flowers fan yeah. right now. And then um, probably Shane Bernard. Yeah. From Shane and Shane. I mean, I just love, I love that. Oh, I don't know if I can say the word all, but I'll say the majority of their songs come right from scripture. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, I think about like there's there's some pastors that I would love to just sit with and pick their brains. It's like, man, yeah. how cool it'd be just to have a to have coffee. Yeah. And um and so imagine this. What if you could sit with Jesus for an hour? And like if you're sitting with these writers, you're probably not doing the talking, you're doing the listening, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not sitting there like, let me tell you how awesome I am. You're like, tell me everything I need to know as quickly as you can. Yeah. Like I truly believe that so Jesus um is a perfect prophet, perfect priest. Um, so prophets spoke the word of God to God's people. Um, priests communicated or gave the law of God, taught the law, but sages gave wisdom and counsel mm-hmm. um, for people. And Jesus is also a sage. And so Proverbs are are a picture of Jesus's wisdom. Um, and so when I, when I sit and listen to people that I'm like, I would love to learn for them, from them, like, or I hear them teach like at a conference, it's like, there's all these gold nuggets of just like, wow. Wow. Like, and it's just so many simple things that are so profound at the same time. Like the wisdom we see in Proverbs is the wisdom of Jesus. And so I think if you could sit with Jesus for an hour, I think he would read you, read you a lot of Proverbs. Hmm. Um, And so for me, like if when you're, so for me, like that's a shadow of Jesus that just every proverb is a picture of Jesus's wisdom for our lives. Yeah. And, um, and so like for me, this was really good because I've kind of got out of the habit of reading Proverbs but this, this whole week of just being saturated in it, realizing like there's so much of just simple things that are so profound that I need to apply to my life. And it was, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is what it looks like to live like Jesus. So if you want to live more like Jesus and you're saying, what does that look like? How do I do that? Really a, a pretty practical way is read, read Proverbs. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Jerrica, thanks for, for hanging out. Yep. Another another on a whim. You guys last second invite. get at least a two week break. Yeah, we're taking a break next week and then we'll we'll be back. Um I mean a break from Bill. me. Yeah, you're you're taking <laughs> off. You're going to some camps to, yeah. to maybe maybe write a little song. Oh, or songs. That's what we're gonna hope for. Yeah. yeah. We're looking forward to the fruit of that. So all right. Well we'll see you back on the podcast in two weeks. Not you. Not me. But listeners yeah, on the podcast. Not me. In, I won't be back. Weeks. All right. Cue the music. Adios. Adios.